Proverbs chapter 23. I want to ask you to stand with me as we read our text passage this morning, beginning in verse number 22. Proverbs 23 and verse number 22. The Bible says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begatteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bare thee shall rejoice. Verse 26 is my text verse today. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the wonderful truths that have been preached. And Lord, not just a truth, a message, an outline, but Lord, how each has been delivered from the heart. Lord, even the announcements, and I thank you for it. And I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts in this final time, in this final message for this conference this year. Lord, I pray that your will would be done I pray, Lord, that we would uh, follow the instruction and, Lord, the request of your word. Fill me with your spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The phrase, give me thine heart, are the words of King David as he spoke to his son Solomon. Son, give me thine heart. These are also the words of our Heavenly Father as He would desire each of us to give Him our Heavenly Father. We are children to give God our Heavenly Father to give Him our heart. These words, I believe, could also be applied to a, uh, any parent uh, that hungers and desires to rear their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, son or daughter, Uh, Give me thine heart. This could also be from a school teacher that hungers and desires for their students uh, to know and do the will of God, to experience the joys of life and the will of God. Son or daughter, give me thine heart. This would certainly be the desire of a pastor, of a youth pastor, even a principal of a Christian school, the director of a Bible church camp, the teacher of a young ladies' class, the instructor of a group of preacher boys asking, would you give me your heart? Now, why would David ask Solomon to give him his heart? Because he simply wanted to guide him in right paths. He wanted to guide him in safe places, Further, he wanted to keep him from the wrong places and the wrong people. And the reason being not to keep him from having fun, but to keep his life from being destroyed. Son, if you'll give me your heart, I will direct you in the paths of right and the paths of righteousness. Now, what exactly does this request mean? Give me thine heart. Please pay particular attention to these statements. Sometimes we substitute or we mistake someone's affection for their heart. 
because we we put together affection and heart and someone that gives us their affection someone that gives us their kindness someone that would show us respect we may sometimes think that that person is giving us uh, their heart, but that's not necessarily uh, the case. There is a difference in our affection and our heart. Uh, there is a difference in our respect and our heart. Uh, there is a difference in kindness and giving our heart. Hear what I'm about to say. When you give someone your heart, you are giving them your you are giving them your decision maker. There's a great big difference in giving someone respect and saying yes sir and no sir. There is a difference in giving someone a kindness or affection and saying thank you. I appreciate that. I love you. I am thankful for you. Those are words of affection. But when we say, give me your heart, you're saying, give me your decision maker. We as parents, we have to distinguish between our children giving us their affection and giving us their heart. As men of God, we have to pay attention and not confuse someone giving us their respect or giving us kindness and think that they are giving us their heart. Now, sometimes they go together. When someone has given you their heart, they respect you. When someone has given you their heart, they show affection to you. They show kindness, but not everyone that gives affection, not everyone that gives respect, not everyone that gives kindness is giving you their heart. Let me give you an illustration. I had the privilege to go to Christian school. I was uh, in uh, the sixth grade, and I'd gone to or seventh grade when we uh, started our Christian school in uh, 1976. And uh, there was a great price to be paid for Christian education in those days. And uh, some of you that are parents here, or maybe even grandparents, uh, you remember in the late 70s, going into the early 80s how that Christian education was challenged. And they even said, uh, if you don't put your children back in school, they're going to be truant, and they can be taken from the home and put in state or foster homes. And so there was a concern. In fact, uh, in more places than one, it went to a state Supreme Court decision. Here in the state of Kentucky, I was in the 10th grade, and uh, I didn't understand everything about it. I certainly didn't understand uh, then what I, <clears throat> what I know now. I thought they would come and take us from uh, my parents, and that's what they were saying. And so there was a fear. There was a concern. I was very glad when the state Supreme Court ruled 5-0 to zero in favor of churches and, uh, first of all, parents having the right to educate their children as they desired to do. But, but, but here's the illustration I want you to see. I have seen many young people go to a Christian school, and I have heard them sing. I've been with them in groups. We sang together. We memorized and quoted Scripture, took part in a school play, but then when school was over, we went, or they went, in a different direction because they had given their affection, they had given their respect, but they never gave their heart to God. It's a great big difference. 
sometimes we confuse and say, boy, that's a wonderful young man right there. He, uh, he uh, uh, really is kind to me. He's very respectful to me. Men of God, we need to ask God for discernment and understand the difference in respect and kindness and affection and giving the heart. May I say uh, today, we need to give to God our decision maker. We need to give to our parents, our decision maker. You need to give to the right people more than your respect, more than your affection. You need to give them your decision maker. It is sad to me to remember the expectation and the potential that we had in those years of the late 70s into the early 80s. And we thought there would certainly be a revival in America because we had the privilege for our children to get a Christian education, learning that God is the Creator, and learning we have the privilege to serve Him and win others to Christ. But there were so many that gave <coughs> that gave their respect, but they never gave their heart to God. I've seen it at Bible college. I've seen young people come and give their respect to the rule book. I've seen them give their affection to the leaders in Bible college. I've seen them be uh, take part in the activities, but then when the school year is over and summer comes, it reveals that their heart is in a far different place than where their affection and where their respect has been. Are you with me this morning? I've seen folks go to summer camp and serve on staff at camp and give their affection and give their respect and actually serve actually serve in camp and serving others, but then after camp uh, reveal that their heart was never given to God. It was their respect. And you listen to me. There are some who see through young people covering a rebellious heart with a respectful attitude. There are some that can see beyond, I love you, Daddy, for a disobedient heart. He said, give me a heart. I'm not trying to hurt you. I want to guard you. I'm not trying to hinder you. I'm not trying to keep you from enjoying life. In fact, I want you to enjoy life. I want you to reach the highest level of joy and happiness and gladness that you would ever experience in life. But if you do that, you can't give your heart in the next verse, he said, to the harlot or in the next few verses uh, uh, to the wrong crowd. Uh, You can't give your heart to the wrong place and the wrong people and expect not to be led into a place of destruction. Uh, the Bible says the companion of fools or, or, or the wise is wise, but the companion of fools, it's not just being a fool, it is a destruction. And so the Bible says, give me thine heart. Think about this, if you will. Absalom gave his father David his respect outwardly. In fact, there are many spiritual statements, don't miss it, that Absalom made to his father David. In fact, on one occasion, he told his father, he said, I am going to go and pay my vows to God. That's a very spiritual statement. 
Dad, I'm going to church tonight. Dad, I'm going to the youth conference tonight. But it was a cover-up because Absalom's heart was working to steal the hearts of the people so he could steal the throne. He never gave his heart to his father. He gave his respect and his affection, and it was a cover-up for a heart that was rotten. The request today is more than your affection. The request today is more than your respect. The request is asking for more than kindness. The respect is saying, give me thine heart. Lot gave Abraham his respect. He followed his uncle Abraham. He served his uncle Abraham. He, he uh, was spiritual when he was with his uncle Abraham. Abraham had his respect. Abraham had his kindness. Abraham had his affection. Oh, but when it came time for Lot to make a decision on his own, he revealed where his heart was. And the Bible said he beheld the well-watered plains. And it wasn't very long that Lot was down in Sodom, vexing his righteous soul from day to day with the filth and the wickedness of Sodom. You know why? He gave his affection to Abraham, but he never gave his heart to Abraham. Let me ask you a question. Who has your heart today? Who is it you follow on social media? Who has your heart? Who is your decision maker? Who decides when you go to the mall what style of clothes you wear? Who has your heart? I didn't say who had your affection. I said who has your heart? Who who uh, do you want to dress like, young ladies, when you look at the skirts or the dresses, when you look at the clothes in the mall? Who is it that has your heart that you look at their pictures and you say, Oh, Daddy, I need some, I need some money uh, for clothes for youth conference. I want to look nice. Well, sure, sweetheart, I'll be glad to help you with clothes and I, I, I want you to look nice. And you give your affection, but your heart is a picture of someone that's far different than your affection. Are you with me today? The request is not give me your affection. I like that. I like that respect. I like that kindness. But I want to tell you something. May God help us men of God to understand there's a vast difference in respect and having the decision maker of a young man or a young lady. Hophni and Phineas went through the behaviors of spirituality. They, they went through the behaviors of serving in the temple, but their hearts were rotten as they could be. And Eli never recognized the difference in a rotten heart and a cover-up with the respect and kindness. I'm thankful for that. But if I'm going to succeed in life and in the will of God, He has to have more than my singing on Sunday morning. He has to have more than my affection through the week. He has to have my decision maker, my heart. Now I want to tell you something. Jesus recognized when he preached to a crowd, if he had their respect, their attention, or their heart. 
Get your Bibles and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 15. Let me show you something here. Matthew chapter 15. Jesus is speaking to a group uh, here, and he actually he, he just addresses them from the beginning as to what they are. He called them hypocrites. Now, a hypocrite is somebody that claims to be something that they are not. And Jesus saw right through their respect and saw their hearts. Notice what the book says in Matthew chapter 15. And go down there to verse number 7. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, Notice, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. Can I tell you something? Standards are not the issue. God having my heart's the issue. I, I'll be honest, it wouldn't matter to me if his brown socks, if, the, if, if God didn't want me to wear brown socks, it wouldn't matter anything to me. I wouldn't wear brown socks. Because I love him. I want to please him. I love my wife. doesn't matter to me what kind of perfume she wants. doesn't matter to me what kind of chocolate she wants. Just chocolate. doesn't matter. I don't say, well, I don't like that kind. It doesn't matter what I like. I love her. She has my heart. Not just my affection, not just my respect. She has my heart. So I want to do not what pleases me. I want to do what pleases her. You see, we, we, we talk about standards. Well, I think you go too far. You ever walk up to somebody at a collegiate football game and say, hey, bud, all this purple or all this, it, it, it's not red, it's crimson. All this crimson you've got, don't you think you go a little too far? Oh, no, they have game day. They show the whole world how far they're willing to go to support their team. You know why? They've given their team their heart. I ain't ashamed of wearing green hair and being a cheesehead. Well, I am. Dr. Jorgensen's not. He's a, he's a Green Bay fan. Three sermons. I finally got an amen when I said something about Green Bay. I'm just using as an illustration. Your heart will reveal. You see what I'm saying? We don't have a problem. I don't have a problem putting on Kentucky blue. Don't boo me. Please don't boo me. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter what God wants. He has my heart. I want to please Him. I don't want to just give Him my affection on Sunday morning and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus on Sunday. Oh, but I get in the car and my music reveals where my heart is. I go into my closet and my clothes reveal where my heart is. I have time alone and my reading reveals where my heart is. And I go to church on Sunday and I sing, Oh, I'd just do anything to serve Jesus. Like the fellow that wrote his girlfriend a letter and he said, I'd swim the deepest river for you. I'd climb the highest mountain for you. And I'm going to come and see you Saturday if it doesn't rain. Jesus said, you love me with your lips, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Let, let, let's do a little Bible work. I want to show you something here, how God wants us to give us 
uh, uh, give him our heart. Look at Proverbs 23, verse number 7. Proverbs 23, verse number 7. I want you to look at this right here. The Bible says, are you there? Say amen. amen. All right, Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you think with your heart? you think with your head? You think with your heart or you think with your head? If we were filling in the blank and we filled in the blank, it says, for as he thinketh in his... We wouldn't put heart, we'd put head. But as a person thinks in their heart, so is he. How I think with my heart is who I am. I ask you a question. Do you believe in God? Yes or no? Do you really believe in God? Yes or no? How much do you believe in God? With all your... Not with all your head? Well, I believe in Him with all of my... You know what you're doing? You know what you're doing? As a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. Take your Bible and go to the book of Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Notice all the way down here in verse number 37. Matthew 22 and verse number 37. Notice what the Bible says here about loving. Now we love with our what? We love with our heart. Let's see what the book says. Verse number 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, comma, and and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. How do you love someone with your mind? Think with me now. How do you love someone with your mind? Here's how it works. How many of you love Jesus? Say amen. But let's think about how much we love him and see how it affects us. Once I was lost in sin, I had no peace within to save my weary soul. I knew not how. But Jesus came to me. And by his grace I'm free. Now it's different, oh so different now. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. So think about this. The more I think about him, the more I love him. Are you with me? If I can get you to think about your love for God... Your emotions get stirred up. So God says, give me your heart. I want a heart that thinks and I want a mind that loves. Now stay with me. I want a heart that thinks and a mind that loves. Well, what happens with a heart that doesn't think? That's Samson. Samson put his head in Delilah's lap. What's he doing? He's following his heart. And we're sitting there saying, Samson, use your head, man. Samson, use your head. Don't do that. She's lying to you. Ah, but I love her with all my heart. You better get to loving with your head, son, or you're going to lose it. 
I need more than your affection. I need your heart, Samson. I need your decision maker, Samson. If you don't give me your decision maker, you're going to put your head in Delilah's lap and it won't be long till the enemy's going to gouge your eyes out and you're going to be grinding at the gristmill. Ah, Samson said, ah, but she pleaseth me. Ah, but she pleaseth me. I love her with all my heart. You better get to thinking with your head. And then there's Joseph. Joseph has been betrayed by his own brothers and sold as a slave. He's working for Potiphar. I mean, he is away from home. He's all alone. He can do what he wants. Nobody sees. Nobody knows. And Potiphar's wife comes, and she tempts Joseph, and she tries to get Joseph to commit immorality with her. But wait a minute, Joseph is not loving with his heart. He's going to love with his mind. Well, he said, I couldn't sin against my master. Well, I can't sin against the Lord. No, I'm not going to do that. Are you with me? And so Joseph, by the way, had two wonderful coats. He had a coat of many colors, and he had a coat of integrity, and he left his coat behind, dear friend, because he had a mind that loved, and he had a heart that would think. Let me ask you a question. Who has your heart today? Who has your decision maker? Who helps you decide what you decide? You see, we can't be led with our heart. We have to be led in our love with our mind. We can't be led with just a mind that thinks, but a mind that loves. How many times have we gone to the store or online and we saw something we wanted to purchase, and I mean we really wanted it and we really liked it and we really loved it. I mean, man, it was uh, we really needed it. I mean, it was like a little girl saying, Daddy, I really need this. But then you looked at your budget. And your mind vetoed your heart. That's what God said, I want. There's going to be a lot of things you're going to love in this world. But before you get it, I want you to think first. I want you to check with me and make sure your heart doesn't lead you into something that will destroy you. That's why I want your heart. You ever seen a little child that trusts anybody and everybody? It's worrisome, isn't it? We worry about children that just, I mean, they just trust anybody. I mean, the old bum that came through here last night and robbed Curly of all of his goods. You've seen children, they say, oh, look at him. Ain't he a nice man? Come on, you can't just talk to everybody. And that's how I am. And so God says, let me have your decision maker. Do you know a little child thinks it's funny to run out in the street so mama will chase him? Do you know a, 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 a little toddler, they'll run right out in the middle of the highway, just watch mama run. Don't do that, don't do that. And the kids stand there just laughing at mom, smiling. You know why? They don't have any sense. They just love to see mama get excited. And I don't have any sense. 
and as a child and as a teenager. And the truth is, even as an adult, I don't have a whole lot of sense. I'll do a lot of things to entertain me. And that's why God says, now you let me have your decision maker. I, I, I don't want you to run out the road and get killed. I don't want you to run with the wrong crowd and ruin your life. I ask you today, who has your decision maker? Who is it today that helps you make the decisions of life? Uh, do you give your affection to your daddy but give your heart to another teenager at school? Do you give your attention to your mom and dad, but you give your heart to somebody online that you don't even know, and they're big liars? Here's your mom and dad that loves you, and they want the best for you. They want you to enjoy life, and you're following somebody online, or you're following another teenager, or you're following somebody they've left home. As Brother Dallas said, he was surprised how easy it was to get his inheritance and while he had that inheritance, he's a big advice giver. Tell you what I do. I just walked in one day and said, Dad, give me what's mine. You better not give that guy your heart. He's headed for a fall. He's, not, he's just not there yet. You hear that guy say, well, I quit church and it didn't bother me none. Why, I drunk a few beers. It didn't bother me none. I'm not an alcoholic. I went to a rock concert. It didn't bother me none. I know some folks that have just a spot of cancer today, but they're not saying it doesn't bother me any. They're saying, Doc, get that out of there as quick as you can. Because it won't be long until that cancer will take their life if they don't get rid of it. Don't you give your heart to somebody that's just gone in sin and they're living their riotous life right now and they're giving free advice and free counsel. You better pay attention to somebody that has a few gray hairs in their head. You better uh, give your heart to somebody that loves you and cares about you. They want you to enjoy a happy marriage. They want you to enjoy a happy home. They want you to enjoy your own house, your own car, your own children, your own things. We're not trying to take your heart because we don't want you to have any fun. We want your heart because we don't want you to be destroyed in your life. That's why we want your heart. God said, Abraham, I want you to leave the earth of the Chaldees. I want you to leave your father. It took him a little while. It took his father with him, held him back. You know the story if you know the Bible. Years later, God asked not for his father. God asked Abraham, Abraham, I want your son. I want you to sacrifice him on an altar. Can I tell you something? God didn't want Abraham's father. He didn't want Abraham's son. He wanted Abraham. He wanted his decision maker. That's what God wants from me. That's what God wants from you. So the question today... So the request in closing today is, I'd like to have more than your respect. I appreciate that. I'd like to have more than your kindness. I'm thankful for that. I'd like to have even more than your affection. God says, may I have your decision maker, please. May I have your our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Who has your heart today?
Absalom stole the hearts of many of the young men. He now has what he wants. How did it turn out? Not good. They came with the news to David, Absalom's dead, and they thought he would rejoice, but his heart was broken. You know why? He didn't want Absalom's heart to keep him from enjoying life. He wanted Absalom's heart because he didn't want him to die hanging by the hair of his head from an oak tree. That's why he wanted his heart. Where's your heart today? 